In this week's episode, we talk about how to become more aware of the presence of God in your life, how to discern what God is prompting you to do, and the power of worship to get you through your darkest moments of depression and discouragement. Let's talk about it on Dreamers and Disciples. Welcome to the podcast. We have a powerful interview today with Amari Woods. And I have to tell you that what he shares in this conversation moved me in a profound way. Amari's a good friend of mine. He's also the worship leader at the Elevation campus that I attend, Elevation Blakeney. And he is a deep well of wisdom. I can't wait for you to hear from him. And especially he has a lot of wisdom on how to trust God when walking through difficult circumstances and through it all, how to keep your heart focused on being aware of the presence of the Lord in your life and how He's moving even in the darkest moments that you never wanted to walk through, how God is right there with you. So like I said, Amari is a worship leader. So for anyone listening who's in worship ministry, I actually have a free gift for you. It's a free resource that I wanna give you It's a lesson from my Performer to Pastor course, which is all about leveling up from leading songs to serving people. And this specific free lesson is called Guard Your Heart, Five Sneaky Temptations in Worship Ministry. And it's some of the most important lessons that I learned as worship pastor at Elevation Church and how to really bring your whole heart to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit search you and purify you and refine you. So you can find the link for that free video in the show notes. So worship leaders, worship pastors, anyone in worship ministry, make sure you check that out. And now I can't wait for us to get to my conversation with Amari. All right, well, I'm thrilled to have my worship leader at the campus that I <laughs> attend at, at my church here with us today. Amari, thanks for thanks for joining us. Wait, thanks for having me, man. You are my first podcast, so I'm pumped. Oh, wow. We get to break you in on the podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I wanted you to be on this podcast for a while now because you are one of the most joyful people I've ever met. You are like infectious. When anyone is around you, (laughs) they can't help but smile. You've got this authentic joy, this authentic just presence of God that I feel like exudes from you. But I also know that your life hasn't been easy. Yeah. And the podcast, the theme is Dreamers and Disciples, but we talk a lot about what do you do when you're disappointed or when yeah. things don't work out the way you hope they would. Yeah. And so I think, you know, there's a lot of ground we can cover today about worship and prayer, which we'll get to, but I think it's important to start with your story mm. to talk about like what have you walked through and how have you experienced the formation of your soul and your heart through the journey that God's led you on? Man, I think it's so interesting because I find that so much of who we are is formed in tension and in hardship and those moments of brokenness that nobody wants to repeat or go through are actually the moments that form us into who we are. And um, growing up, I was born with my eyes severely crossed in. And um, my mom, uh, man, I'm I'm that kid that was born in church, 
not actually, but basically. <laughs> That'd be an interesting service. <laughs> it would be super gross. But yeah, I was, I was raised in church. And, and when I was born, my eyes were severely crossed in. And my mom being, she was just a, she is just a dynamic woman of faith, brought in pastors and leaders. And they prayed over this little kid who had eyes that were severely crossed in. And my eyes were loosened. Um, but not fully healed. So I've been legally blind my entire life. And um, I think when you're legally blind, you're always figuring out, trying to figure out how to relate to the world with the deficiency that you have, right? And um, one of the first ways that I think our family was hit was my father didn't want to be a part of our lives anymore. He just didn't want to have a son that was that was handicapped. So he left at a really young age. And um, I, I think it just takes a while before things like hit you. And um, that that reality didn't hit me until I was in like middle, late middle school, early high school, where you where everybody gets teased in middle school but when you have a, when you have a, a visual handicap, you're like a sitting duck, you know, <laughs> it's like it's going to happen. It just is a matter of when. So I just remember trying to relate to everybody in middle school and always running into things <laughs> because I couldn't see and I had glasses, but the glasses didn't help. So I was constantly taking off the glasses to look closer to things and they couldn't find a prescription that was strong enough that would help my vision. So I really fell into a depression, um, probably like end of middle school, early high school. And I asked my mom to be homeschooled. And I think she saw that something was wrong. And she pulled me out of school and let me be homeschooled. And and up to that point, I, I used to sing in church a lot. And, and I was a part of a community in church that recognized like man, this kid, there's something on this kid's life. So uh, they they would pull me in to sing and to lead things at a young age. And um, something just didn't feel right in high school and um, at the beginning of high school. And I, I stopped singing for three years and I would just sit at home with the shades drawn and I just couldn't face life, hmm. I think. And 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 all and it felt like God was unfair. And it felt like yeah. he wasn't kind. And it felt like he wasn't good because it felt like the perfect storm of things hit my life all at once. It was like my father didn't want to be a part of my life. I was legally blind. And it's like, man, is there anything good that can come out of this Lord? And um and as I was walking through that and walking through depression, I remember somebody gave me a um, a Hillsong CD. I'm so old, y'all. CDs, <laughs> what in the world? Hey, um, you and me both. <laughs> um, somebody gave me a Hillsong CD before Hillsong was cool and it had Shout to the Lord on it. And I would just sit in my room and play worship music. And I didn't have a grid for what was happening in my heart. And of course, now I know that it it was the presence of God. It was the presence of God that that was actually lifting me out of wow. this stuff. But I would play worship music on end and I would just listen to it. And I just kept feeling better. 
and something happened in my heart. So, uh, and then as I began to kind of be lifted out of this season of depression that lasted a good three years, I just developed this hunger for the word because I felt like I didn't know who I was and I needed to know. And so as I began to dive into the word, uh, just found out who I was and the Lord just began to show me who I was in the person of Jesus. And, and that relationship began to mean more to me than anything that I experienced because every father up to this point I had experienced had left. Every father didn't want anything to do with me, but uh, coming to know Jesus and getting, and of course, Jesus is like, if you see me, then you've seen the father. Yeah. So to see the father through Jesus as someone who was kind and consistent and he would never leave and he cared about the things that, that broke my heart began to heal me in ways that I had no idea. And so I came out of that season wanting to take people to the place that God took me to. And that was a, mm. that place of worship. And so I think I was a, I can say confidently that before I was a singer and as after I came out of that season, I became a worship leader. Cause oh, you know, I love when you're a singer, you just want to be, you just want people to look at your gifting. You want them to be excited about what you're bringing to the table about how well you execute, but a worship leader has somewhere and someone they want to, somewhere they want to take you, someone they want to introduce you to. And um, that became my passion because Jesus healed all the brokenness that I had experienced through my life. So it just became a season of healing and the Lord gave me purpose and, and leading worship. And, and the story just went on from there. And, and then the Lord just like dropped in my heart this incredible joy for life because the Lord was like, hey, remember, you don't have to be defined by the fact that maybe life made you a victim and maybe you experienced something that would knock you down, but you don't have to be defined by that. You can be pulled into the divine purpose and plan that I've got for you. And and after experiencing that, life became crazy. <laughs> so it's been awesome. Man, I, I love hearing your story. It's such a beautiful testimony of just the grace of God meeting us Thanks, in the time where we need it the most. And even what you just said there about being defined by your circumstances or your pain, I think a lot of times we tend to label other people by their condition. Come on. But we also, like you said, we label ourselves yeah. by our condition yeah. rather than seeing ourselves as as loved children of God yeah. by our Father. Yeah. And when you lead worship too, man, I sometimes some people lead worship because it's the cool thing to do. <laughs> but when when you lead worship, I, I sense this like overflow of this is what God has done in my life, and I want you to know mm. about it. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to experience. Yeah. I, I just feel like you're just always inviting us in, and it comes from such a deep place within you. Talk about, you know, after you experienced that healing and that joy, I feel like one of the things that comes out anytime you and I talk is your passion for prayer, yeah. your passion for the presence of God. Yeah. So how do you keep pressing in, not just on a stage, when you're leading worship, but in your own life and how can other people take some of those same practices? I think, man, you know how you know you're getting 
older is whenever somebody asks you a question, you're like, I want to answer with a story. <laughs> I, I just, I feel like that. I, I want to answer with a story because I think we catch more that way. We catch more in like yeah. what God does in those moments in our lives. And, and, um, and I can attest that you have amazing stories. So share all the stories you, you want to share. <laughs> These aren't going to be blind stories, which are pretty funny, but I remember going to college at Liberty University and I had, this is a story for another time, but I had just come off of my first mission trip to India. And when I told my mom that I was, I was, was like, come back. And it's this big, long story about the Lord just bringing me into this place of like, okay, I've called you to go, um, go home and tell my mom, mom, I'm going to India. <laughs> and I fully expect my mom to be like, that's amazing. She was like, you can't even see it across the street. What are you, what are you going oh across the world for? And I was like, love you, mom. This has been awesome. Um, but uh, it, it was crazy because the Lord transformed my heart, saw God move in ways that that boggled my mind. And I came home and I was like, man, I experienced this place of prayer in India that I had never experienced here. And I was like, surely the Lord is not different there than he is here. He's the same, right? So uh, being on our college campus, began to pursue that. And my friend asked me, hey, Mari, will you, I just want to pray more. Will you pray every night with me and this group of people? And I was like, no, I really have things to do, places to go, like friends to hang with. I, I'm, I'm super busy. And and um, he kept asking, kept asking. And I was like, fine, fine, fine. I'll try it for a week. And if this is lame, I'm out, right? <laughs> so <laughs> super willing heart. But uh, just began to pray. And I saw God ignite my heart in the place of prayer that was unlike anything I'd ever experienced with prayer. And it, it was the beginning of a, like, no lie, 15-year journey of being a part of communities of prayer that 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 I wouldn't imagine that going back to my college campus and going to this little white prayer chapel inside and the the carpet is super gross and it's pews and it's just, there's nothing sensational about it. But the Lord over the course of the years that we're a part of it met us. And it was like, we were the longest running prayer movement at Liberty University. And, um, and I think that that almost in the best way possible sealed my fate as a person of prayer, as, as a person who had hunger for God, because it started in this little room with a bunch of college students and we just kept praying. We just kept running after God and God kept meeting us. And I think what gave me the strength to pray personally was being involved corporately. Right. And I, I think being being in that place of prayer corporately had accountability because people were always like, "Yo, Imari, we praying?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> and and you and you pray when you feel it, and you pray when you don't, and you learn how to navigate the voice of God and and His presence and and how that affects your daily life. And I think for me, that's where 
the process began being a part of corporate prayer meetings in college for 10, 12, 15 years just marked me. I wasn't in college for 15 years, but <laughs> I lived, <laughs> but I lived got three in, degrees. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I lived in the city for so long and, and graduated college. And it was so formative that I was a part of it after I graduated up until I left the city. So it was just a, a powerful season of life. I really love that connection you made between private prayer and corporate prayer. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we can swing to one of two sides of that spectrum of saying, you know, well, my faith is just a private faith. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to be in community. Yeah. Or we do the thing of going to church on Sunday, but we have no private practice, but they're meant to work together. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk to like what the private practice of prayer and and even worship looks like for you? Because some people, you know, they say, well, I'm not musical, so there's no way I'm going to worship on my own. And because mm. no one wants to hear me sing, not even God. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe talk to that person. And then maybe that connection of worship and prayer in your private life. Man, I think the connection of worship and prayer have so much to do with the voice of God for me and and learning to be a student of his voice. John 10, 27 says, my sheep know and recognize my voice and they follow me. This is what Jesus was, this is what Jesus said. He said that we're all sheep, right? And because we're sheep, we should know the voice of the shepherd. So getting to know the voice of the shepherd has been pivotal for me because I'll show up in the place of prayer. You know, I've, I sit, I'll sit in my house and I'll just go, okay, God, I want to have some time with you. And one, I think we get to this place where we have to, we have to will it to happen, Mm -hmm. you know? And so many people are like, I should be praying on my own. I should be, I should be um, having this amazing time with God by myself. And I would say, man, if you can find a corporate prayer meeting and, and hang out with them for a while, I prayed corporately until I knew how to pray privately. It just helped. Like, it just helped me. It helped me to be in a prayer meeting where I felt like God was moving, where he was active. And I stayed a part of those meetings. And then I was like, man, I, I, it, it actually gave me the grace and confidence to do it on my own. So I was like, okay, I can do this on my own. And then I would sit and I'd, I'd open the Psalms and, um, and I would read a psalm and I would read a couple of verses and I would pray those verses, right? Yeah. Psalm 1 is a great place to start. It talks about where trees are being planted by rivers of water and not sitting in, in the seat with evildoers and stuff like that. And so I would just use that and I would just go, God, I pray that you would help me have good counsel. I pray that you would help me have community that loves you. God, I pray that you would plant me by the waters of your spirit where you'd water my heart and I would grow up strong in your presence. So I think a lot of people feel like I have to have the words and I have to have this amazing, beautiful vocabulary with God. And honestly, I don't think that's true. I think use the word to help you pray. Mm -hmm. Use Go to the word and, and pray through a psalm. And if you don't even know, like, what psalm should I pray through? Pick a day. 
Like, uh, what is today? The 18th or something? No, it's the 19th. 19th. <laughs> it's the 19th. So go to Psalm 19 and begin to pray Psalm 19 over, over the course of your day and find, find worship music that connects with your heart and feels like, man, this is what I want to say to the Lord and put that on. And, and I think creating that kind of consistent time with the Lord allows his voice to actually move you into different places. Right. Yeah. So that's my go-to. And then there'll be sometimes where I'll, I'll get in the place of prayer with the Lord and I'll sense the Holy spirit speaking to me and he'll say, Imari, why don't you put on instrumental music and why don't you thank me for some things that I've done in your life? And that's what I did. I just would put on instrumental music and I thank the Lord um, and, and in different seasons of your life, different places of prayer can look differently. Like for me, uh, this season of my life, I love it. It's so sweet. I put my son to sleep. He's two every night. And I'll go, hey, what time is it? And he'll go, Bible. Oh. And we'll read the Bible, the verse of the day on the version app. And then I'll take that verse and I'll pray it over him. And I'll pray it over our family. And I'll pray it over myself. And I'm... I just share that to say that don't be afraid that seasons of your life can mature the way that you pray and can change the way you pray. I know that even though by the time I'm finished praying, my son is all the way asleep. He's all the way asleep. I know that him being in the presence of God with me is doing something for his life. It's going to change his yeah. life. So I would just say like, though I hope those couple of things are just helpful finding handles for practical handles for trying to be a person in prayer and and loving being in the presence of God. Yeah, I, th I think you gave some really great things that we can put into practice. I love praying through scripture. That that's something that has really mm -hmm. changed my prayer life yeah. over the last couple of years and mm -hmm. what I found is it helps me when my heart doesn't feel like praying, like you said, it helps Come on. give me a language and a vocabulary to speak to my soul and to say, no, we're <laughs> like, we're going to pray. And if I'm not feeling the way that Psalm is describing, it helps me start to think, okay, who might be going through this that I can pray this over? Yeah. And then you pray it over them. And then you can also text them and say, hey, I just prayed this over you this morning. And you can encourage them. That's good. And so there's this whole chain reaction of how the Holy Spirit can move through that, which I really love. You know, as you talk about, you know, putting instrumental music on and lifting up thanks to the Lord, I know you, when I hear you, see you lead worship and you work with, you mentor a lot of young worship leaders at Elevation with the apprenticeship program. Mm. And I know people would describe you as someone who's very spirit led. Mm. And something that God has really been teaching me about is walking in step with the Spirit. Come on. I would love for you to talk a little bit about what that looks like in your life, because sometimes people don't even know how to sense the Spirit leading. What does that look like? They think it's weird or unattainable for them, but how, <laughs> how can people become more sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying and leading them to do? Ah. Uh. I love that. I think, man, I think about Moses when I think about that and his burning bush moment, right? And he has this crazy burning bush encounter with God where he sees a bush that's burning and it's not consumed and, and God begins to speak out of the bush to Moses. But something critical happened before that moment even happened 
it says it says something in the word like Moses saw and then he turned aside to see this great sight. So he saw something and then he made the whole decision to move himself toward what he was seeing. I think it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will speak. And I think we give so much credit to our own randomness that that we miss it. You know, uh, the Lord will drop somebody in your heart or mind that you haven't spoken to in a long time. And you'll someone drop drop them in your heart. And you'll be like, oh, I just randomly thought of them. That's weird. And it's like, no, it's the Holy Spirit trying to actually move you aside to do something that he's calling you to do. So instead of going, oh, that's weird. Hope they're okay. Like moving into that and going, God, what do you have for them? Is there a word? Is there a prayer? Is there something? I think when you when you function that way, it opens you up. And just being, I went through this point in my life where I was like, God, I want to hear and know your voice so deeply that I'm just going to respond in obedience to whatever I believe you're telling me. And I'm going to grow. I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. But I'm going to grow. And I remember getting an Uber because when you can't see, you don't drive. You take Uber a lot. (laughs) um, There's wisdom there. There's wisdom there. And several people, thousands of people, I think, are still alive because I'm not on the road. But I got in this Uber and I was, she was driving me to church. And I I was like, uh, the Lord dropped in my heart. Her son, she's a believer. Her son has walked away and she, it's, it's making her faith waver. Hmm. And, and I see that and I'm bringing her son home. And I've just felt like the Lord was speaking that to me. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that, Lord. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and the Lord's like, this is what I want you to do. And I'm like, and he just kept hitting my heart. And I was like, well, What's the worst that can happen? I'll never see her again. So, <laughs> so I just spoke out, man, I, I, I believe you have a son and I, I believe you're a woman of faith. And um, I believe the Lord spoke to my heart and he said that your son is, is coming home. He's in the process of coming home and share the word with her. She broke down in the Uber and started to cry. And she was like, I've just been believing for so long, but my faith is so tired because I've actually seen him get worse. So, and I was just praying for him this morning. So the fact that the Lord would send you to blah, 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 blah. And it just went on. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You mean I can, I can step into hearing God's voice and trusting his spirit. And on the other side of that is someone who needs to hear him and someone who needs to encounter him as the loving, intentional father that he is. Like, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. He wants us to hear his voice. He wants us to move and flow with him so that the world can see that he is much better than they thought. He's much more personal than they know. And and this was always Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus would move into situations that were crazy and he would speak something so personal and so intentional to the person he was speaking to that it would change their lives. So I just have always been like, man, I, I want to be a part of that 
even if that means sometimes I get it wrong. And I can tell you a ton of stories where I've gotten it wrong, but but if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time, you know? Yeah. So I, I wanna I wanna live a life where the Holy Spirit can use me to speak into other people's life, but that outflow is only born of an internal connection with God and that that begins in prayer and worship. Yeah, I, man, there's so much good stuff that you just shared. And I think as I'm learning to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is leading me to do in this season, yeah. some of the questions I ask myself is if I'm feeling like I need to say something to somebody or send them a text, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what if I get it wrong? I feel like if, if what I'm saying is encouraging and it's true to God's Word, why wouldn't I send it even if, it, <laughs> if it's not— <laughs> It's not exactly the thing that they're going through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they might need it at a different time. Yeah. But I'm also learning, like you said, when you are spending time in prayer, Mm. in the presence of the Lord, Mm. and if I'm honest, a lot of times when I'm praying, I'm not hearing anything that I feel like is from God. Sometimes it's just me being still before God saying, God, I need you. I need your presence. I surrender, but I don't hear any like specific yeah. leadings. Yeah. But I think it's through that process that when we do get that impression that we just can't get away from, yeah. you start to learn, okay, this is different than just a random thought that's going through my head. It feels like it's stronger. It feels like it's deeper. So for me, it's I rarely hear like this voice of the Lord in my head. I don't think I've ever heard the audible voice of the Lord, but I'm, yeah. I'm learning to trust the impressions that feel like they're the Holy Spirit leading. And those are just as legit as if I had heard an audible voice because everything he he calls us to, it starts from a place of faith, Mm -hmm. right? So if I have to trust that God is speaking to me, I've got to move into a place of faith. And I find that the more that I exercise that muscle, I was in the gym last night and I was doing cardio and I was like, you know that moment where you're like doing cardio and you're like, honestly, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, I hope I hope my affairs are in order because this thing is about to take me out. Like I, I was listening to a podcast and I took off my headphones and I didn't realize that I was literally like hoofing. I was like, <sighs> like I was working out. But I, I realized that the more that I do this, the stronger my muscles are going to get. The, hard, the less hard it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same way with stepping out and hearing the voice of God. The more you do it, the more that muscle is going to grow, the more the confidence is going to grow, the more that you feel like, man, this outcome doesn't fall on me. I can trust him. I can trust mm-hmm. his nature. I can trust who he is. He's He's good. And, and, and when I know, obviously, when you know the word, it stops you from saying crazy things when yeah. you're in the word, right? And I, I know that if I went up to someone and says, hey, God hates you, like, uh, mm, maybe I need to spend more time reading the word, you know? Right. <laughs> Just keeping us in. Well, that's important. It's, the Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God. And so they Absolutely. will they will always have to line up. Yeah, yeah. And I also love the the humility of even in that story in the Uber, when you're like, hey, I might be off base here. And all the people, there have been some very specific words that people have sent me that came at right Mm. the exact time I was praying for guidance from God. But they always started with, hey, I might be wrong about this, but I feel like God is leading. So there's that humility when you speak into somebody to say, hey, I'm just human. I might have gotten this wrong, but I feel enough prompting to share it with you. And so I encourage people to like, 
if it lines up with God's word, if it's an impression that feels strong enough to where you like, this isn't just me, take the step, be bold. You have no idea the encouragement that you can yeah. bring to someone else's life through a simple text yeah. message, a simple phone call, a simple word. Yeah, so good. When you, you know, we, I mentioned that you work a lot with younger worship leaders. Mm. What is one thing you wish people in their, maybe teenagers or in their 20s, I mean, even in their 30s, like as people are really learning to follow Jesus, what is one thing that you wish they knew that you wish you knew sooner? Hmm. Like if you're sitting down with your apprentice group, what is the one thing you wish that they got? I wish they knew that beyond rhetoric, beyond the cliche nature of saying it, God really wants an active relationship with you. He really does. He wants, I think I'd say God wants an active relationship with you and he wants you to be aware of the authority that you carry as a son or daughter of God. Hmm. If I walk into a situation, when I walk into a situation where my son is doing something that I know he's not supposed to do, I know that I have the authority to address that. I know that. And I don't I don't hesitate in addressing what needs to be addressed. And I think we as believers tolerate so many things from the enemy that I think we can have victory over because we don't know who we are. Hmm. And we don't know that when we walk into situations where the enemy is trying to harass or torment us or someone else, that the blood, the power of Jesus really works. It really works. And I think moving into that as as sons and daughters, as opposed to someone who's trying to work and gain something, I whenever in the same way, whenever my son wants something, all he has to do is come to me as his dad and I want to give it to him. I want to make sure he's fed. I want to make sure he's clothed. I want to make sure he has everything he needs because I'm his father and I love him. And I think that if we understand who we are in Christ as sons and daughters, that releases authority. And when we have authority, we can go to him confidently. The Bible says that, that we can approach his throne with confidence, knowing that we'll find mercy in the time that we need it. So I think that was much more than one thing, but <laughs> no, I, but I think, yeah. And it's even something, I framed it as something you would tell like the younger generation, but I feel that's something that every generation needs because yeah. it's so easy for us to fall into a passive faith rather than an active yep. faith. Yeah, And yep. abiding in Christ is not something that will just happen by accident. We have to, yeah. we have to daily, moment by moment, bring our hearts to the Lord. Mm. And kind of there, and, and maybe where, where we'll end the interview is, you know, we talked at the beginning about how joyful you are, and you talked about that mm. turning point for you. But I know you don't feel that every day, yeah. and you don't wake up every day feeling this <laughs> joy of the Lord. So, what do you do on those days when you just feel like the weight of the world is on you, and maybe you are like, "God, I can't believe I have to take an Uber today, and I can't drive," and I, mm-hmm. you know, and all those things start to pile mm-hmm. up in your head. Yeah, what do you do on those days? A couple of things. I when I feel it, I feel it. I think, um, especially when you when you feel like you're in church, it feels kind of like everything needs to have a bow that we tie on it, and you know everything's okay. Praise the Lord, 
Imari was blind, but he met Jesus and now he's fine, you know? <laughs> right. And it's like, there are moments where you feel it. You just do. And it's okay. It's okay to feel it. I think feeling it in a healthy way is really good. Does that mean I spiral into a depression? No, but it it does mean that it's like, man, Lord, walking with a disability is hard today because I am going to have to try twice as hard as a normal person to do a very small task, you know, and that's hard and it hurts. And, and no matter how long I have a disability, it's, it's still there. <laughs> yeah. So I think processing that honestly with the Lord, I, I'm always talking, talking about that stuff with the Lord when, so feel it, talk about it with the Lord, process it and find good community to process it with. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think three, I would say, know that today is going to end. It's going to end and tomorrow is going to come and you're not going to feel this way tomorrow. Mm. And I, for whatever reason, through the years, that's pretty so much hope for me. When I have a bad day, I'll say to a friend, yeah, this is hard today, but it tomorrow's going to come. It will end. It won't stay like this. And I'm right. I'm right that tomorrow you're not going to feel the way that you feel today. Right. And Sometimes you just feel down and that's okay. But the cool thing is when I talk to the Lord, I invite God into that place of sadness and I allow the Holy Spirit to do his job and that's to comfort. Yeah. And when I invite God into that place of hardship and sadness and the Holy Spirit comforts me, the Holy Spirit doesn't just want to comfort you when you lose a family member or you have a big life event. The Holy Spirit wants to comfort you every day. And I have found so much solace in his comfort and in the fact that, man, tomorrow is going to be a, a better day. And it, it just produces so much hope, right? Yeah. Man, just as you're talking, I just I just always am so marked by the wisdom that the Lord has given you, but it's wisdom that comes Thanks, from intimacy with God mm. and walking faithfully with Jesus on the good days mm. and the hard days. Yeah. And so I think the theme of everything you've said is that God wants to be in close relationship with you. Just come. Yeah. Come no matter if you feel it or if you don't. Yeah. Bring your worship, bring your pain, yeah. bring all of it. Yeah. And so I just thank you for sharing that with our uh, listeners today, man. You're a good man. Thanks, man. Wade, I'm so grateful for your heart, even in this podcast, even in this for forum where you want to be a resource for people to find breakthrough in their lives, to have a deeper relationship with God, to get out of the places that have become ruts for them and to really get wind in their sails and move forward. And, and there are not many leaders that are like that and that that put feet to what they say. And you do. And it's and I I'm so grateful for like this resource and how you steward your voice, because I think that it's actually forming a new generation of worship leaders that are like, that will be driven by the presence and not performance, because that's what we need, right? We need people when they come into the house of God, 
really they're looking for you to say, lift my eyes, help me lift my eyes. Help me stop looking at the fact that I'm walking with a diagnosis that's really hard or my marriage is really hard or financially we're struggling or in my own mind, I can't see outside of anxiety, depression and fear, but lifting your eyes and and for you being that resource to worship leaders and just people is something that the body of Christ needs, especially now with mental anxiety being at an all-time high. We need people that are like, hey, I know you're hurting. I know you're broken, but let's lift our eyes Mm -hmm. because he is good. Even in the midst of what you feel and see right in front of you, there is help coming and he is right here. Wow. So grateful for you, man. Thank you. That means a lot. Hey, I'd actually love, I don't usually do this on interviews, but I would love if you could just pray over the people listening. Mm. And just, you know, speak encouragement over them mm. and just lift up whatever burdens they have to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for this forum, God. I thank you that we can lift our eyes to the hills from what's cometh our help. And our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God, it's so comforting that if you made heaven and earth, you can make the situation better. If you made heaven and earth, you can make me see that my life is not only anxiety and depression, anger and sadness. Lord, I thank you that um, that you are right with us. Lord, your word says that in you we live and we move and we have our being. So, Father, I pray that you would remind us that we we have our being in you. We come alive because our hearts are rooted in you because we've said yes to Jesus. So I pray for every listener now. I pray that you would encourage them in their inner man. God, I pray that you would build them up. I pray that you would give them strength for tomorrow because your word is true when it says you open up your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. So thank you for doing that, Lord. We thank you. Um, I pray that you bless each listener. God, give us more passion, hunger for you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mari. Love you, friend. I'll see you at church. Love you, man. See you at church. I pray that you're as moved by that time as I was. I feel like I was on the verge of tears multiple times through that interview. And I really want to encourage you to put something in practice that God spoke to you today to take one thing and act on it as soon as possible. Maybe it's praying through a psalm. Maybe you want to get some friends together and start a small prayer meeting. But do something. Ask God to open your heart to His presence in a fresh way. But take action and create the space for that to happen. And if this episode encouraged you, I would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and then share this episode with someone else. Share it with somebody that needs to hear something that Amari spoke about. How can you encourage someone else just through a simple text, just through a simple Instagram post by sharing this episode? So I'm excited to continue to let this show encourage you and encourage the people in your life. And also remember, worship leaders, check out that free video, Guard Your Heart, Five Sneaky Temptations in Worship Ministry at the link in the show notes. All right, I'll see you back here next week on Dreamers and Disciples. Thank you.